still in the spirit of Easter. I hope you guys had a wonderful celebration. Happy Easter in areas. You're welcome to Big Dot Radio Show. Welcome to Big Dot Radio Show. I am your host, Cherish with a double R. So, um, first of all, I want to apologize for the hitches we experienced in last week's episode. Um, we received a lot of complaints from our listeners and we apologize. It will not repeat itself again. Okay, guys, we're back this week with amazing stuff for you um before we dive into business we're going to be having our music break we'll be playing blessings by we'll be playing blessing by Frances featuring Kwe. and when we return we're going to be hearing it from our amazing guests do enjoy hey it's e to the b to the r to the i Avery, and you are chilling with free smoke Welcome back, guys. This is the Big Dot Radio Show. If you're just joining us, I am your host, Cherish with a double R. So today we have a very young, amazing man in the studio as our guest. He goes by the name Ishoyo. He's a writer, has authored two books titled Scribbled on a Broken Heart and Tombstones of Bears and Tigers. He has a third one coming for us, but I'm not going to I'm not going to expose that. He's a photographer. He has he holds a bachelor's degree in communication master's degree in public relations he was an on-air personality sometime in mina deputy editor for a photography magazine he has done a lot of amazing things and he is still young this is this is crazy okay give it up guys for ishoyo you're welcome to the show ishoyo uh <laughs> good afternoon hello everybody how are you guys doing we are fine good to have you around good uh, good, uh, good, good to have me around sir <laughs> Okay, so um, I know I've done like a very, very brief introduction about you, but just briefly tell us about yourself. I don't know. I want to briefly tell myself. Uh, that, mm, voila. <laughs> I don't know. I want to briefly introduce myself. You've basically done everything else that there is to do. Um, okay, I'm 26. If there's anything, age hey, does age have I anything? You said to do you were this? very young. Ah, God. Uh, he has a lot of things to do with this. Get people don't achieve things, so but anyways, uh, I'm 26. I'm a photographer. Um, I'm a retired writer, so okay. let's put that one out there. I'm done with the whole writing scenario. We're and still expecting our third book, though. No, we're not going to expect that. <laughs> um, and that's busy. Look, there's nothing to me. My life is very boring. I don't know. I mean, I mean, wanna be this, wanna be that, but outside that. Okay, so um, that's quite interesting for a 26-year-old retired writer. Okay, so um, Isha, I want us, I want you to tell us about um, your writing journey. How did it start? Um, what inspired your writings? Um, I used to be, I used to really be into journaling. Um, okay. I just liked to write um, personal experiences. That's journaling, yes? Yes. Uh, so I used to write a lot of journals. I, I ran a blog. Okay. Back, back in the day when blogging was profitable. But it wasn't like mine was profitable or anything. I just loved, <laughs> I just loved writing about personal experiences. Okay. And then um, sort of evolved. I mean, they say uh, practice makes continuous. So the more I wrote, the more I got better at it. And then... Um, my relationship failed. Um, yeah, someone broke my heart. Wow. Or I broke someone's heart. We're not quite deciding on who broke who heart. Somebody's heart was broken. But there broken. was a break yeah. in the this thing. And um, 
I sort of just decided to document all of the feelings. Uh, in the process of documenting everything, there was some. I think there was some sort of pattern, and that's how I wrote the first book, uh, Scribbled on a Broken Heart. Okay. Uh, and then it sort of became like therapy for me, I think. I don't know, not certain. It became like therapy, so I wrote the second one, because why the hell not? And the third one was where I sealed off everything. The third one was not born from a place of heartbreak. It was more or less from a place of someone who's experienced love and loved the experience or loved the failure of the experience. And so I sort of just did. And that is where the entire three books came from. But, you know, in the process, I found out that writing was sort of, writing wasn't therapy any longer. Writing was more or less a way for me was more or less me just relieving painful experiences. Because to write, I'd have to go back in time in my head and relieve some of the things that I didn't want to relieve. So after the third one, I was like, I'm done. I'm not, I I prefer to live in the moment rather than bask in the, uh, in the pleasures of failed experiences. So that's, that's where everything ended. Or that's where everything is going to end. Mm, that's, that's touching. It's a touching story, my dear. <laughs> it's a touching story. Okay, so let's move to um, your photography thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you know that you were you had a thing for photography? I did not. You did not. So how did it start? I went for a master class and that was the entire thing. Don't finish. There was nothing. Photography was never in the game plan. Okay. It was, it was never. There are people who go, mm. And I woke up, I took this picture, and I was like, this is my calling. My dear, I did not have calling, no. <laughs> I, I went for a master class here in Calabar, and I listened to uh, Kola Shalusi speak about photography, and it was so inspiring. Because I was leaving school at the time, and, you know, we're looking for future ambition. <laughs> and be like, say, I was looking for something that I was going to do after school, and I was like, you know what? I'd love to do photography to complement my writing. Then I was thinking I was going to be an established author and people were going to give me deals and I was going to write books and I was going to change the world. <laughs> now the world can go to hell for I care. But that was it. And then in the process of learning photography, I fell in love with the ability to create images okay. and to be able to tell stories and to um, participate in the joys and the sorrows of people's experiences. Like if you photograph a wedding, you will know you are like in the intimate moments. Yeah. You are there when the groom is kissing. In private, in public, you're there when the bridesmaids are making crazy ass jokes. Yeah. You are there when the groomsmen are cheer, uh, are, are clunking buses very early in the morning before they go to church, and you are feeling all of that thing. And it's it's like this world is a very very hard place to live in. But all of these small small moments are the things that you just want to live for. All your opportunity to photograph someone's barrier. And you are there when they are sharing stories of how the person lived and you're seeing them shed tears and you you sort of know that there's there's love. I mean, there's a lot of outbreak. Men has come, you know. We believe that this thing, but there's a lot of love in this world too. So that's the beauty about the photography. That's the that's the only reason I keep going because yeah though. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's it. That's it, I guess. Okay, so um, I'm going to ask you again. I think you said it, but then I just want to know in detail, how has your journey for photography, how has been. it been? Uh, okay, yeah, I, I diverted, no verse. Um, 
it's ah, I'll push hard. It's it's been beautiful. Let's just let's leave it at that. Okay, so tell us the challenges you face. Some uh, of them. It's expensive. Expensive. Photography is expensive. Okay. Um, I mean, based on the level at which you want to do it, though, photography is ridiculously expensive. Cameras are expensive. Um, cameras are expensive. Lights are expensive. Light modifiers are expensive. Before you get into reflectors, before you get into triggers, and then laptops, and then learning the skill itself, and then learning retouching skills, and then paying Adobe for Adobe Photoshop and Lightroom quite expensive i know right i know well if you force by some chance have the money to pay for all of these things and you learn the skills and then you meet people you're going to meet people in the journey so let's not even bring you meet people but if you have all of the monies to pay for all of this and it's it becomes less about the gear more about the experiences that you gain along the way and it's worth it so that's it i think the 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 journey is in the experiences it's never a concluded journey until yeah. you retire it's something that you meet people every day and you sort of make good some of my closest friends now people who i met during photo sessions wow. and yeah that's it so that's the journey that's the challenge that i face that's the only expense joy that there's no there's no other i mean if you i can't say Uh, meeting clients because if you do good work people will come look for you yeah. people will refer you yeah. so that's not a challenge i can't say it's um it's not cost effective because if you have like i said if you have the money to get what you need then that doesn't it's just that it's crazy expensive okay. so if you have the money to get it you'll get it once You buy your camera once and then let's just say for another three years you don't have to change yeah, cameras you get yeah. your lens once you don't need to change a lens or less someone or you break your lens yourself so it's like it's a one it's a one it's a once in a while expense sort of business that's the thing so if you have the money to get the equipment at that point it's done and it's not done and dusted but it's done yeah you can use that particular uh, piece of gear for at least half a decade depending on how careful you are i i pet my girlfriends so sorry my girlfriends are my cameras by the way okay i pet my girlfriends so like they work for me they work for me i've been using i've been using my i've been using my i've been using my main my main girlfriend for three years I've been using my side chick. Side chicks, I've been using my side chick for the last let's just say four years. Oh, and I think are trying. <laughs> my side chick is actually finer than my girlfriend. Oh my god. And then my my ex, mm. the person I gave my ex to, has been using that one for at least six years. So like it's dependent on how you take care of them. They will take care of you in return. Okay, so that's that's, that's cool. So I'm going to ask you, you're based in Calabar, right? Uh, uh until I finish my masters yes <laughs> okay um so compared to other locations like Lagos Abuja Port Harcourt all these thriving cities in Nigeria how is um how do i put this as um, business of photography how's business of photography here in Calabar is it favorable especially yeah. for the young people okay let's let's um uh, this is why i always say i think we had this conversation sometime last year uh Calabar is an amazing place to learn what you want to do in this life okay learn and perfect it and then just leave 
That's it. Liva never come back. Just leave. No, you can come back. No, man, nobody say never come back. You can come back. But Calabar is a good place to learn. Like, because if you want to grow in the craft, yes. the people will not pay you. This is, is and it's not, I, I don't want to say it. It's not the people. It's the fact that there's no money in the town. You can't give what you don't have. True. So let's not say, people always say Calabar clients are cheap. It's not that Calabar clients are cheap. Calabar clients don't have money. So it's not it's, it's there's a lot of money circulating in Lagos. Yeah. So you can easily build the people in Lagos. You know, there's a lot of industry. It's not um it's not our gar industry that is building industries. There's a lot of actual industries in Lagos. Yeah. And as such there's high economic um roundabout. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. There's a lot of uh high economic flow. Like money is touching everybody's pocket. So yeah. if you invest heavily, you are almost certain to reap heavily. Okay. But there's not a lot of that in Calabar. So if you invest heavily, then you have to look for the three or four people who actually have the Osusu that can pay you. But okay. then again, these people, are they going to pay you? Is another question that comes because um, there's this thing expense a lot they say oh you're a calabar photographer <laughs> so they are more or less willing to fly people into calabar that you can do the same job yeah that's true they simply believe that since you are here you're not worth it so it's a very it's a very it's get us a bit it's very weird but you know that's it okay um so this brings me to this point um is there any special thing that you're working on this year or are there special things that you're working on this year that we should know I'm finally, I'm finally, um, I'm finally working on this. This this is just the backstory. For actually, I'm finally working on my social anxiety. I don't go out in this life. Okay. I'm finally working on my social anxiety, and one of the ways that I'm doing that is I'm joining the Free Smoke uh, team. Wow. For all things imaging and all things imaging and um, visuals, basically all things visuals. I'm joining okay. the Free Smoke team, and. And then I'm working on a couple other Project. projects. Um, might want to do a solo exhibition. Some not this year. Everyone will not allow me to do anything this year. Why? I'm, I'm resting. Okay. I'm resting. I'm on. I'm on. I'm on sabbatical. <laughs> you know, I just came back from a hard, from a hard last year. You know, there was a lot that was happening. But um, I'm working on a couple solo projects that I hope will make sense eventually when i want to do them for yes, now in my head they make sense but yeah, yeah. it's one thing to have mental images and then actually put them out now you see that it's just nonsense <laughs> it just, cannot be nonsense it will shock you <laughs> yeah but that's it for now okay thank you so much Ishara. thank me too for a thank 26 year old retired writer you are a lot to take <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said <laughs> Okay, thank you for your time. This brings us to the end of the interview segment. We'll go on a music break now. And for our music break, we're going to be playing Omokwe by Ashake featuring Olamide. When we return, it's going to be fun, 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 talk, talk, talk. What up, what up, guys? This is Trey. And right now we're on Free Smoke Network. Peace out. Welcome back, guys. That was Omokwe by Ashake featuring Olamide. So you're... Um, 
right now this is the fun segment of the show the conversations and today i have with me an amazing lady i always have ladies as co-hosts men as guests i don't know why i don't it's not my fault Sha. we're going to ask the admin guys because i don't know what this is this lady now would have interviewed her then sure would have been my co-host but then that's fine so susan is here with me in the studio she goes by <laughs> with name only of calabar <laughs> So Susan is a global volunteer. She cooks at Sue Spice, part-time graphic designer. She volunteers at Street Priest. She's a revolutionary. Advanced knowledge on Excel and PowerPoint. Susan is a lot of things. She just gave us a brief introduction of herself. Welcome, Oni of Calabar. Hi, thank you very much for having me on the show. It's like Oni is shy. <laughs> <laughs> Oni is not shy. Okay, Oni so... Wants to eat. So Oni's hungry, but then we just have to like be quick so that Oni can have her easy lunch, a big dinner, Both. whichever. Two of them at once. Okay, so today, um, what we're going to be dealing with or what we're going to be talking about is um, the theme that we brought out. It's sharp. It makes sense, but then there's a lot to it. So the future of Nigeria, where are we headed? So this is the question we came up with today and we're going to be touching so many sectors like the educational sector um the political sector every other sector right so um today i and oni we're going to be trashing out issues especially in our educational sector where we are students number one and i think it really affects the youth most of us are in school they don't want us to graduate i've been in like one year for two years and I'm about to be in another year for another two years. I don't get what's happening, but then it's cool. So, um, on let's start by uh, so what what do you think is happening with ASU and um the educational sector in Nigeria? Okay, so there's a whole lot going on right now, but I'll just streamline it to what is much more important. Okay. See. Everybody has an objective. Right now, both parties rather have an objective. That's federal government and the federal ASU. government has an objective. The students involved in the strike have okay. an objective. ASU, ASU themselves have an objective. I mean, if they can decide to go on this indefinite, because I'll quote it, I'll quote it the way I saw it, indefinite suffocating strike, <laughs> they'd not come to play with us. And like it's actually suffocating us. Because everybody is, is choking. He choke. He actually choke. The students just want to graduate. They just want to finish. Most, okay, let me not say everybody. Let me not speak for everybody. But generally, final year students just want to finish what they've started actually, at this point. They don't, even, they don't necessarily care, care yeah. about whatever the degree is going to be. They really just want to finish because it's actually suffocating. The ASU, they are all about their payments are not being put on the IPPIS, I think. Yeah. Something like that. They just want to be paid Federal governments, I don't know. Personally, the federal government already has a lot on their plates. And I feel like if they can, there's this thing called the nine box guideline. If they can prioritize the things that they do, I don't think we would, we would be in this mess. I don't think we would be in this mess if they can prioritize the things that they do. First of all, the youths are like the majority of, <laughs> the youths are like the majority of population in the world. Yeah. Let's not. Um, I know we are human beings before any other thing, but if you count, make young senses, people, young people are more. Every day, somebody's giving birth. Every day, somebody's. Why the ones that make up the country? Basically, <laughs> and then the federal government keeps us on the lowest level. We are talking about the future of 
students. Okay. We're talking about the future of. Let's not even let's not even go to Nigeria. Is okay. Okay, being in Nigeria alone is suffocating enough. And then we are on this indefinite suffocating strike that is not beneficial to anybody. The lecturers are suffering. Yeah. The students are suffering. Yeah. The federal government right now is focused on elections. I was I will quote true. they don't give can I say they what I want to say? No, they, <laughs> God, they don't care. They don't right? care. I'll put it like that because it's exactly I cannot say what I want to say. They don't care because I just saw something that they signed a bill of is it nine hundred and thirty-five billion naira for what? I've forgotten what it was for. And in my head I'm like, as who asked for how much again? One trillion. <laughs> okay, I know the money is big. Money is big. But signing that same money, that nine hundred and thirty-five billion it's will a go big a long yeah, way. Very it's long a big way. step for both parties. At least we will be students will be sure that okay, fine. Even if this strike will most definitely come up again, which is like a national thing now, every year there must be strike just so that there's strike. Yeah. Right? To which, to some extent, we students don't even understand why the strike is there. But this particular one, they are too serious about it. Everybody, the lecturers are relaxed, the ASU members are relaxed, the students... Even the non-academic staff. They've gone too. They, I think they went like a month after yeah. the ASU went. And to show you that everybody's tired, everybody's exhausted. A friend of mine said something, she was like... Oh, sorry, he... He said, since they want to go on, because it was a rumor that was going around that they want to go on the strike for three years. And he said... Are you serious? That's what I heard. Thank God that you know you're that wrong. <laughs> That's what I heard. And he was like, instead of going for the strike for three years, just scrap out university. Thank you. Just okay, no thanks, but then thank just you. <laughs> Let us know that we, we know what we are fighting for. We yeah. can't keep fighting to go back to school when we are not even sure of the degrees we are going the to graduate with. We can't I, go back to school when we are not sure of if we are even still students. Like, ah, uh, uh, and you know what I was having like uh, you know I was talking with one of my friends and then she said well not, let's not even talk about final year students or those that are in 300 level waiting to enter the, the 400 <laughs> let's talk about the people that are writing jam no like currently now it's even safer for them I feel like it's safer for them because with this strike uh-huh. except the people who cannot afford to go to private schools but for it, it should be like a parent's priority right now I honestly do not care how much it is going to take you to send your child to a private institution, but you're going to have to do it. You don't care, but okay. Just imagine that. Okay, this uh, my father is yeah. a, is an ASU staff, and uh-huh. they never pay him. Daddy, and then daddy wants to prioritize sending me to private university. That's 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 not. It's not even feasible. Like it's not working. Daddy is going to chilo. <laughs> daddy is going Did to get more. You get. I'm sorry, but you wrote jam, but you you can't go to university right now because there's no funds to send you to school. Learn something. We are going to have to put our hands to work. First class students, let me let me use the most popular departments. First class student of law is selling ching ching now. <laughs> because there's no school. They can't find what they are going to do that's going to bring money. So they have to put their hands to work. Yeah. If you're saying that, okay, fine, daddy doesn't have money, then ASU is under the ASU thing and there's no money to send you to school. And I know I know a lot of parents who are currently breaking their backs to make sure that their children secure their futures because Right now, it is crazy. People have a, a lot of people have already applied to come to. Let me even use my Unical for instance. Oh, our Unical. Oh, I don't even know if people apply <laughs> here, but okay. A lot of them have applied to go there, and in my head, I'm like, I understand it's expensive. I really understand it's expensive, but there are other schools. It must not be a private institution. Let's use National Open University for instance. It's flexible for you if you don't want to. It's really flexible. I mean, it's, it's a university for workers. But as a young person, right now there's strike, and they don't indulge in that strike. Wow. Find yourself there. There are a lot of courses, both art and science. Do something in that line since you really want to go to school. 
go ahead. You don't have the funds for a private school. You can go to a national university. And it exists all, all around the world. It's not like it's um, segmented or put aside for a particular tribe or particular yeah. community. It's everywhere. India has it. Most... It's, okay. <laughs> a lot of countries have yeah. national universities and it's flexible enough for everybody and anybody so if you're looking at the public sector right now the public sector is in the mud private sector is expensive but then we can't we can't change we can't change the fact that the most affordable as much as yeah. in fact our educational system is like dilapidated there's, there's like literally no hope there's literally no hope for us honestly um but then the private having a private uh, or thinking of going to a private school sending yeah. your children to a private school um, uh, it's a lot it's a lot to even think about talking yeah. of implementing it so i just feel like uh, it's a no process i feel like before a parent sends a child to a private i'll use my family for instance i'm the only person in my house that, that has gone that is going to a public university Okay. I fought for my brother. My mom wanted to put my brother in like crew tech now. I was like, crew what? It's not going anywhere. It's not a private school. Let's all sit at home. Nobody's going to school anymore. Because I know what I'm passing through in the public sector. Yeah. I don't intend my junior ones to go through that. And they are both in private schools right now. It's expensive. It tells on both the parents, both the family. But it's for the greater good. Yeah. Let me be the only person carrying this cross. I will carry this cross to the very end. But for the future generation, let's find a way to work it out. And also the private sectors. We understand that, yes, you're giving us quality treatment. In quotes. In quotes. Quality treatment for our money. But consider the lesser minority. Not everybody can afford this. You're going to have to come up with a compromise. Because right now, the public sector is in the mode. You talked about dilapidated educational system. Hmm. Don't get me started on that. If we are focusing on the educational system in quotes, it is bad. It is really, really bad. It's beyond bad. Personally, I feel like the educational system, I'll, I'll put it in two ways. The first way is that it's not that bad. It is the capacity that is bad. Like, a department has a quota to admit, what, 100 yeah. students. And they will admit 200. <laughs> or 500. Actually, I don't even know why they do that. There's a particular department. I don't know. I'm not in the executive. I can't tell. But from what we see as students, yeah. you, there's a particular department. I won't call the name of the department or wherever the department is. They have their year one students at 450. 450 for a department that does not even have a faculty. They don't have a building. They don't have where they take their classes. And you're admitting that number of students. And then you have like seven lecturers that are supposed to take that kind of class. Wow. And they will now merge all of them, this department and like four other departments of, let's say, two, 200 each. And a lecturer, one lecturer is supposed to lecture all of them, mark all those scripts. First, and then you like, say we are going to school. Just in that school, we they go. I have most of my lectures on the staircase. I will not even be... I, will not I have my lectures like under a tree. <laughs> under a tree. Like, I'm not even joking. We were literally videoed in uni. Like, <laughs> under a tree. Even when fights broke out, they came to our... our Oh my God! Let's not even, let's not even get started on our personal experiences in like you, going to public you or federal class, thinking that you are the first person. You end up on the staircase because two hundred other people are rushing to the same class as well, which doesn't make sense. Then the lecturer will now walk in and will be talking with this, a very minimal voice, so we can't hear you. If we keep quiet, we'll hear you. What does that mean? I'm not the cause of your problem. Please. <laughs> <laughs> the cause of your problem. It's really bad. You're looking at the staff capacity. 
the whole capacity of you see a whole let's say amphitheater can carry at least 300 students yeah and you have one lecturer teaching the whole of amphi <laughs> if i'm the lecturer shall i would i would cut my classes into 10 because i won't be able to teach that number that's why the private sector is is flourishing well because they have a quota 50 students nothing more than 50 some of them even do less yeah because they know it's very difficult first of all you have slow students in class you have people who grab oh don't get me started on the gauging on a particular marking scheme if you know you don't know if you don't know you are failed a eh? you the, the ones that they it didn't encourage you to fail i be tell you that there's no hope for you like as you've come you're already like if they, it's already if done they even encourage you to fail self it's even better they told you before time these ones they'll set a marking scheme let's say the marking scheme carries a b c d e f g h and the lecturer understands that okay if you write possibly qrx but ABCD is inside. The lecturer understands what you're writing. Lie, lie, oh. The person that's going to vet that your paper after the lecturer has marked it, you have still failed because you did not follow the marking scheme. Yeah. But first of all, I don't even know what the marking scheme is. You see a department where a lecturer will take a course, 80% of the students will fail and the HOD will sign it. That the students were not serious. It really doesn't make sense. It doesn't tell good on the lecturer's part. It doesn't tell good on the HOD's part. It doesn't even tell good on the students' part. Why would you fail a course so that 80% of you out of 100% fail that course? There's something wrong. There's really something Susan, wrong. And we have to only I want to ask, are you sure we're going to school? Because at some point, I'm just trying to reason the whole thing. Are you Because... Ah, she be I safe and I used to just want to finish. Are you sure we are going to school? I don't know. I won't I won't necessarily. What are we really this. doing? Are you okay? There's this thing that they do. Um they compare public schools and private, and private schools. schools. Ah, I hate that. Who go private school? No, no, like who go public school. Like, please, you <laughs> should just save miss me with all that. Because I mean, somebody is comfortable learning in a very conducive environment. I went to my brother's school one time. And I was this close to wanting to write jam again just to go to school one more time. Because the environment is conducive for learning. You cannot enter, uh-uh, you're entering somebody's hostel, it smells nice, it looks clean. <laughs> go to enter this other hostel, everywhere is anu. If a student is not put in a conducive environment to learn, there's no how that student will learn properly. And then you have the slow student that you have to teach them six times, seven times before they get it. They will now come and be gauging everybody on the same scale. If you don't know, you don't know. I'm not person B, I'm not person B is not person A. They not be them the send us make we come school, Shah. That's why you see abroad. Not be them, not be them send us make we come school. Mm. But then you're supposed to help us move forward. You're supposed to help us get better. A lot of people will graduate. Don't even get me on. Don't even get me started on unemployment. Federal government has already said, and hey, as you're coming out, there's no work for you. Does that even tell good of a whole country? A whole country. A whole giant of Africa. <laughs> <laughs> a whole country. A federal government to come out and say there's no work for you. You can't say that. It really doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't guess. give us hope to even want to go to school. Then let's scrap the whole school system. Let's know that who is going to school is yeah, the rich men. I'm with you. Let's scrap it. Let's know that the poor one. Let us sit at home and fry ching ching. But and then sell. now you're saying let's scrap. I'm already in 300 level. I have just like one year or maybe well, two years. We have to strike. So I'm should we scrap? Are you sure we should we should scrap? School? Personally, I don't. Like I said, as I'm going back, if they call up this strike now, what am I going back to school to go and graduate with? I'm not even sure. There's a particular set of students that just graduated. Mm-hmm. Senate vetted their results yeah. and dropped their CGPA by 0.1. So imagine somebody who was hanging on 
that just mistake use 0.1 to climb to 2 points yeah. 2 be 2 1 then they now drop that 0.1 and you're back to 2 2 or somebody who was on third class and just use that 0.1 to get to 2 2 they now it really okay fine i have told myself i've calculated or that thing where they'll tell you they'll give you a handbook of how to calculate your cgp yeah yeah i have you've it calculated <laughs> it or you know in you your know. heart that you are in, you're on 2 1 they're not either when you're calculating you're calculating for yourself <laughs> when they calculate it for you you're on third class what system are we working with? It really doesn't make... The educational system is bad. The federal government is not helping matters. I feel like we, there's a lot the federal government should prioritize on. They should make themselves a nine-box guideline because if they okay. cannot properly set their priorities straight, I don't think this like, the whole of Nigeria will move forward. Okay, now let's move to the political sector. Now, we're not going to go into detail as to um, who is speaking form and who is not speaking form, but I just want us to focus on your, the youth's participation, the rate or the percentage of youth participation in politics in Nigeria. Do you think that there's any... Um, would I say, are there any chances? Because I think um, one of... NS, who was on the show last week, we're having like a conversation, <laughs> a conversation around here. And he was talking of, um, I think, last election where I even saw I was in it, like a um, youth let's say conference where one of the guys who picked um, form for being a presidential candidate, he... The way he's a young man, like yeah. let's say 35, 40. And the way the young people themselves did not even voice him with all the promises, propaganda, manifesto, and everything. So do you think there are any chances? Okay, for instance, now, um, we see online that, just for instance, Buari already knows who he's going to hand over to. This one is already planning. This one, that one is already... They already know who he's going to take over from them. And the person is definitely not a young person. So do you think that there are any chances for young people to be in positions where it actually matters like they not being a local government chairman or councillor i mean positions where you can make like long lasting impact. impact honestly right now i think the only person that has the voice of the youth i think because i mean a lot of them come up with their manifestos and they say this and they say that when they get into office they do something totally different from yeah. whatever they said they are going to do but whoever, the person who is looking like he has the voice of the youth currently is Peter Obi. I think he's trending okay. everywhere with yeah. everything that he's doing. And personally, I seem to sort of believe in his line. But okay. until I see that line after he has taken us, if he takes office, yeah. right? Until then, being a youth and going into politics is a very tricky thing. Yeah. It's very tricky because we all know that politics is not a clean game. It's not a clean game. So what are you trying to say? People should not go into politics. No, 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 no. I feel like they will tell you this thing they should say. They say ah, they should say it in pidgin. Um, is it? I'll try, I'll try to translate it to English. Is hold what you have. I don't know. How, there's a way they say it. Like yeah. when you want to go into something, hold mm. the one that you have. Yeah. Right. If you feel, I believe that if you have the best intentions for Nigeria. It must not necessarily be the presidential role because right yeah. now, the federal government is running this thing like it's Big Brother Africa. They already know they are winner. Whatever yeah. they are showing us is what we want to see. Exactly. Right? Because actually, the news channels are being manipulated. Nobody even knows what is actually true. If they can say they swallowed, snake swallowed 36 million, nobody said anything. 
I mean, we cannot we cannot yeah. know what is true unless we are in that space. Yeah. But for us to be in that space, we cannot enter the head first. We are going to have to go through a particular channel, which means we are going to go under someone. Yeah. Or we are going to go through a particular office. Okay. So which means presidential roles is dicey, is dicey. We can start somewhere, basically, possibly House of Assembly chairman, yeah. senator, something, something. I'm not necessarily a political person, but we have to go through something. She's part of our problem. <laughs> I, I, I care about who rules us. Yeah. I I do care about who rules us. The way I knew I care about who rules us when I saw our great vice president go up. He said that I am today with utmost humility declare mm-hmm. my intention. It was when he used children to advertise the fact that he wants to come back into office. I was really pissed off. You are old enough to sit at home. Yeah. You are old enough to let somebody else take charge and do what will work for us. Yeah. You're really old enough to know what is best for you. claim to be a pastor. Act like a pastor. Don't do that thing where everybody's tossing you around like you're some coin or something. It really doesn't make sense. Because right now, honestly, they are tossing him around. The Jagaban is the one pulling this game, if we yeah. are being honest. That one, they have asked him, they say, your son is going for it. They say, I don't have a grown son that to go for. Stop lying, sir. Stop lying. We know. It's all part of the game plan. That one will run for office, and when it's time, he'll push who he wanted to actually become yeah. the president of Nigeria. Yeah, if at all true. he emerges as the president, he's not even going to be the one ruling Nigeria. We know that. People but at the background. Like I said, it's like a big brother show. We know we already know who's going to win. We just have to project what we need to project yeah. for to get the audience actively involved. But for us as youth to be actively involved, we cannot go there head first. It is dangerous and it is very dicey. Which means we are going to have to go as either spies, undercover, from a particular mm-hmm. office. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I mean to infiltrate a a coup d'etat, you have to be inside the game, right? Yeah. So that's my take. Wow, that's cool. Um so let me ask this. Yeah. You said that the political system in Nigeria is just like Big Brother Africa, right? Well, I cannot agree less because actually, to a large extent, you know, they say if you don't have money, as in, when when you see somebody spending, for instance, hundred million to run his whole election, and then you see another person spend like three hundred million or three hundred billion just for primaries, but they you don't even as well. you don't even you don't even stand a chance. Do you get so? Um, is there any? Is there any need for us to actually go out there to vote? If it's still it's it's like Big Brother Africa, what's the what's the use of us voting? Now the thing is, even we youth, we are our own problem. Very big. We are our problem. We will all come on Twitter and be shouting, let's vote this person when the time comes. We will vote who we like. Who we'll vote whoever has promised us 50k? No, because 50k, I mean, I'll be 5k. No, now they are opening their game with 50k. Thank no. God. 50, and it really doesn't make sense. You've stood together, we've decided to vote this particular person, yeah. and then you go, you go up there and you vote a different party, tarnishing whatever we have agreed upon, which doesn't make sense. Then what's the point of coming to an agreement? Like right now, I'm seeing a lot of people, a lot of. Personally, after the whole NSAS thing, youths are really pissed off. The youth are really pissed off and they really want to take charge. And I really hope that this our spirit of taking charge. Yeah. We really take charge because it's not when we are taking charge as keyboard warriors. <laughs> when it's time, we don't do the one that concerns us. But I really hope that we do take that, that, that stand, that stand of proper justice Amen. in quotes. Amen. No. Okay. <laughs> Thank you.
Okay. Um. So that's that's. Well, I just wanted us to touch those two areas. So basically, what what are, what's the solution we're going to provide for, or what's the solution that we're preferring for? the educational sector? Is it to scrap out the school system, public school system, or every parent should send their children to private school? What, what, is, what is the solution, please? Me, I want to know. We should go back to our drawing boards. Everybody, everybody involved, from the vice chancellor down to whoever is heading the school, should go back to their drawing boards. Because it's not all about making the school look beautiful putting up new facilities, renovating hmm. labs. Facilities, okay. Are the painting? students actually <laughs> learning? You see when they are doing all this, there's this thing they call, ah, when those NUT people used to come around. Yeah, yeah accreditation. accreditation. Ah, they will sweep there. everywhere. They will, ah, ah. You, you, you come into your own department and you want to, my department can be clean like this. <laughs> I say, let me give you a small gist. So this was accreditation for my, my department was like the first history yeah. international studies. And I was among, well, I was selected to be among the students to represent the department. And you know now, sure, sure, they would say you should better speak on mm. your department very well. And suppose I'm, I'm a direct entry student, so some, somehow I may be confused about the whole department. So we share <laughs> department with like another, another department. Yeah. We share a building with another department. And to my knowledge, we have like only one, one room space for our lectures. Like Imagine. now, you know, we used to use PAV before, yeah. but now that PAVs are down and they are reconstructing. We have all, so when they came now, they said the Markima said the, the the your your lecturer said you will have about is it three rooms with enough seating is it two hundred seating capacity I'm like two hundred two hundred watts two hundred and then you see that the the um those um, departmental presidents are there mm. and these ones are there to keep an eye on maybe the year one year two year three like if you say anything you see an F. <laughs> It really doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, and you know, um, no. For us, we didn't want. We don't. We don't want to maybe start going to uh, linguistics or going to theater arts. So we yeah. said, I beg, make we just graduate. So we said all the good things that we could say, but in reality, in practice, is this what is really happening? So everything, just like you were saying, everything, everything, just day as a day. We need to go back to our drawing board. Everybody needs to go back to the drawing board because. The only department that's actually even thriving, thriving per se is medicine and surgery. Yeah. And no, see engineering that we thought that, okay, oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> pharmacy that they brought, mm -hmm, maybe all of them are going back to year two. Which is really one, bad. Which doesn't make sense. At all. For a full university, a large space, a large, I'll call it a large body of water because <laughs> ah, it's big. It's big enough to get the things that should be in place. Yeah. If you're not able, if you have a lecture capacity of just 50, admit 50. Start small until you can get a larger space. But no. Tell us your vice chancellor. Big... <laughs> 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 they want to eat the big fish. <laughs> no, we need to go back to our drawing board. And until we can get it right, I don't think we should. It's like businesses. You're, you've done this thing, it's not working. You go back to your drawing board, you try something else, it's not working. You try something. If it doesn't work like for the hundredth time, quit. Nobody shames you for quitting. You quit and you'll find something else. Something that will most definitely work for you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, no. She's just saying, I'm please. Just saying. I'm not saying we should quit school. 
many of us just want to finish what we have started at yeah, this right. point. Well, speaking of businesses, I think the young people in Nigeria are really thriving in that in that sector. It's in fact that is like our major major. Even as are going to school, them now business do hold us. That's that's something else I wanted to talk about: self employment. Okay. I was having a discussion with someone outside, and the person said something that struck me. Everybody right now is doing self-employment. You never choke us yet. <laughs> it's the moment to choke us, you realize that a lot of people cannot work by themselves. By themselves yeah. They like to work under people. People that work alone, people that own self-made businesses that have grown, they are not up to 10. I'm not speaking in literal terms, like, rhetorically. Okay. They are not up to 10, which means they are not plenty. A lot of us have been programmed to work under people. We like working under people. We like that straightforward, do this, do this, do this, job description laid out, you need to do this. Anything that tilts out of the job description uh, makes you want to hurl. But people, right now, because you don't have what to do, everybody's opening businesses upon businesses, let's watch out and see how far it is going to go because the same lot of people who open a lot of businesses, the same lot, or rather, half of the lot, those businesses will not move forward because they've never actually experienced working by themselves. Yeah, I get you. But then I think I, I beg to differ a bit. So in terms of businesses, you know, I used to hate the concept of business because yeah. I thought it's just to open a shop or a kiosk <laughs> or something. Like, honestly, that was my idea of business. And seeing that businesses are, or business is beyond that, yeah. many people don't know. Many young people don't know. So yeah. they feel like, okay, if you can open a shop and just run whatever, however, whenever, you that's your it. business. But yeah. there are a lot of young people that are also thriving both in Nigeria and even outside that have in diaspora, that have grown by themselves. Yeah. But then I get you. So some of us are wired to work on that people. We are more efficient when yeah. we're in a corporate body doing it must not even necessarily mm-hmm. be a corporate body self. It yes, might be please. another person's business that you're working for the person. That person can hold down his business by himself, yeah. but you're working for the person. Yeah. And it works. Both parties are, it's beneficial to both parties. Okay, so Oni of Calabar, thank you so much. We'll call it a wrap at this thank point. You. Young people of Nigeria, please do not give up, especially the students. <laughs> If they can scrap school, let's know what we're doing. But for us that have started, please, we want to finish by all means. Asu, please call off strike. Thank you so much. Um, thank you. Oni, Susan, please scrap Oni. <laughs> Susan, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank it was amazing much. having you in the studio, spitting out wisdom from your beautiful soul. Okay. So, guys, this is where we call it a wrap. Um, do not forget that this show is available as a podcast on any podcast channel that you like to get it from Spotify, Audio Mark, Apple Podcasts, wherever. And follow us on our Instagram page, big dot underscore PR. Um, do not forget this comes to you every week, Thursdays, 8 to 9 p.m. I hope you, I hope you had fun. I hope you learned a lot. Um, please do enjoy what, to leave you this evening. We're going to be playing Feel good by Mobad. Do enjoy. Take care. Peace. Yeah, yeah, one time. This is real. Yeah, I know I'm free smoking. You know what time it is.